A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Rocker! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, then mine give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! My name is Elder Stephen, and I would like to share with you this most amazing podcast. And I'm here today, joined by the hooker transvestite from Transsexual Transylvania, Jonathan Larkin. How'd you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm also with this nun, Martin Fennerty, and I can't remember if he's a really good au pair or a Las Vegas showgirl. And we've got the king of our pride, complete with beautiful mane, Jonathan Butler. Thank you. And in case you haven't guessed by my ham-fisted analogies, we are talking musical horrors. The bit of the strange genre, the dividing one in the room, I imagine. Put it this way, I, I get the feeling that this is your revenge against me for making you watch Possession. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, I usually find myself disagreeing with Steve, but I think this week, this time, I think I'm going to find myself agreeing with Steve. Twist. Yes. This is a twist. <laughs> That's a twist. We normally clash, but this time I think it's us against them, and we'll win. <laughs> we shall see. Well, we've, we've already made them watch it, so... Yeah, we've already won. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird genre, really, clash. You can't get too further away than the happy musical and the horror hmm. of murders and stuff, but there's actually a surprising number of musical horror films out there. Yeah. If you actually go into one and look into it, and they tend to be quite culty and popular. You get hardcore fans as opposed to lots of fans, I suppose. Do you know when they started? Oh, Fonto of Paradise was uh, 70s, was it? Uh, Mid 70s? Oh, the original Phantom wasn't musical. It wasn't a musical. But then, when did they bring out some musical Phantom? That would be the 80s. Mm-hmm. Really weather. You know what I mean? The uh, Brian Department one. Yeah. It must have been took before that, though, a musical horror before then. <laughs> when you look it up, The Wicker Man comes up. I suppose that's actually got yeah, musical Yeah, there's, there's musical. It's a musical. Head. Yeah, having a musical number does not make you a musical. Oh, we're going to argue about that as well. <laughs> the lyrics and the singing don't progress the story or... They kind of do. Because it's part of the ritual, isn't it, where they all dress up? Well, I guess so, but it's not... Well... There's like, there's a bit... There's it's not a musical. That's like saying it's for weddings and funeral, a musical then. So I've never seen it. Well, there's... <laughs> Why would I watch a Richard Kiss movie? Well, I don't know, but there's, there's songs all the way through that. I disagree. I think you need a little bit more. It needs to be used in a different mm. way. Yeah. There's a scene in it then. You talk about a further story and stuff. There's a scene in it where they introduce a, they introduce a character by a whole pub singing about oh, the landlord's, landlord's daughter. And mm. then when you meet her, she then uses a song to bewitch, to bewitch Edward Woodward. 
So there are elements of it where I think, well, does that count then? And then the next song is a part of a ritual. Is it camp enough? Then? How many songs Which is are a reveal in the That the cast perform. Yes. But probably three. Just say It's not like the 17 songs of Misa or the 11 songs of Cabaret no, the film. Not. Or I can actually know the number of track lists here. But no, Phantom of the Paradise is uh, 74. 74, so, so that's okay. going to be... Have you seen that? Phantom of the Paradise? Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't seen it. What did you think of that? Batshit, but kind of good, I liked it. <laughs> it. It's not one for, like, casual It's very, it's, it's a very cult film. Yeah. It's a very, very cult film. Edgar, is it, was it, what's his name? Edgar Rice, is it? Who, who was in it? No, no, he... Edgar Rice Burroughs. No, no, Edgar Wright, the director. Edgar Wright, um, Sean O'Dead and stuff. He, he puts uh, it on. Right. He, he puts it on in London every year. How does he have? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It had a really big cult thing, especially yeah. in Canada, isn't yeah. it, that they love it? Because I was looking at it because mm. I was like, what am I watching? Mm. So that normally means I end up on Wikipedia for about two days. <laughs> yeah. Looking at why this thing even exists. But it was good. <laughs> it's Brian Palmer. And it's a bit of a riff on um, Phantom, of, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, it's really Phantom of the Opera with a little bit of Faust as well. Yeah. yeah. A bit like the Apple. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if you want to see a horrifying musical, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a horror per se, but it's a Faustian, it's like Faustian packed. It's like big numbers, but on a bit of a budget. It was one of Cannon's first films, I think, wasn't it? It's it's classed as one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, got to love it. But that means by proxy, you know, you probably love it. Jessica Harper's in Phantom of the Paradise as well. Yeah, from um, Suspiria. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. There. I was just, <laughs> I was just looking back to see what the what if we could find the earliest one. So, so we're talking seventies, aren't we? Yeah. Rocky Horror, of course. So first of all, we're gonna go with. Little Shop of Yes. Phoebe Seymour. Suddenly semen <laughs> spraying all on you. You don't have to worry. I brought Kleenex for you. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. I have to beg for it. We're a tough audience, Stephen. Well, we you are. Got us, but you got us with your semen. Yeah, you can't just with your semen. Suddenly semen. Suddenly semen, yeah. Good job I wear glasses. Protective eye wear some more. I've just noticed I'm the only one not wearing glasses. <laughs> it all began in this little shop. Oh, damn roses. Where, strange as it seems, something extraordinary happens. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. No, it's not. What kind of a little plant is that, Seymour? Little Shop of Horrors, a story about a boy. I've given you sunlight. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. Where did you get such a weird plant? A girl. You don't make nice boys when you live on Skid Row, Mr. Mushnick. Seymour, this is my date, my boyfriend. A florist. I'm telling you, Audrey, he's not a good, clean kind of boy. He's a professional. You'll be a You have a talent for causing things. Hey, People will pay you to be I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow, 
root canal. Feed me Seymour. And a plant. Feed me all night long. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Whoa! Catch me now! I'm just a mean green mother from outer space and I'm Rick Moranis. Man's a total disgrace to the dental profession. Ellen Green. Excuse me. Excuse me what? That's better. Vincent Gardenia, with special guest appearances by Steve Martin, John Candy, and Bill Murray. It's your professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors was like a, a film first. Then it went to a musical. Then it went back to a film, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because it was a low budget one in the, the Roger Corman, wasn't it? In the fifties or sixties? Yeah, sixties. Yeah. It's um, directed by Frank Oz, who I've never heard of in my life. Fuzzy Bear. He's Fuzzy Bear and Yoda. Yeah, he's Yoda. He's Fuzzy Bear. He's, <laughs> he does Miss Piggy. He does the Cookie Monster. <laughs> Bit. I was just like, this guy's yeah, crazy yeah. good. Yeah, he directed Dark Crystal, the Separate Sep- no, no. Vibes remake, and In and Out. Do you remember In and Out from the nineties? Yeah, no. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein when he's like a, when he's coming out of the closet. It's like it was like a it was like an edgy nineties comedy. No idea. So it's not edgy at all. But <laughs> yeah, that's worth a look. Um, and the music for this was Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman is an absolute love of mine. I absolutely think he's amazing. He did the music for Little Mermaid and oh. Beauty and the Beast and a couple of songs from Aladdin as well with him before he passed away. And unlike what Sam Smith said when he won the Oscar for his music, he was not the first gay man to get an Oscar because Howard Ashman had two and seven nominations in total. Didn't Alan, no. Alan Menken had eight, eight Oscars, I think he did. Because he worked on more. I think he got two for Little Mermaid, two for Aladdin. Howard Ashman got seven. Two for, Poc- two for Pocahontas and two for Beauty and the Beast as well. Yeah. So it was fuck you, Sam Smith. Basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just... Because I absolutely... What were you going to say, man? There's been nothing certain about my scene. <laughs> 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 um, but I just think he's absolutely amazing and he's written some of the best musicals and some of the best songs that have ever been written. I love at the end of Beauty and the Beast when he did a dedication to him and he said he'd he give... A little mermaid, her voice, and a beast of soul. Oh, oh yeah, because his Oscars were posthumous, weren't they? Because he died. Yeah, he um, oh, got yeah. diagnosed in 1988 with HIV, and then during the making of Beauty and Beast and Little Mermaid, he became really, really sick and started having to work from home with them. And then on March the 10th, 1991, he was in a hospital, at like £80, he'd gone blind, he couldn't go to the premiere, obviously, so that happened without him. They came and told him how successful Beating the Beast had been and how amazing of a film and how everyone received it. And then four days later, he passed away. Oh. Yeah. So, sad name, but oh. I just think he's a great man, so. Mm-hmm. But he also, on top of doing the Disney stuff, wrote this little amazing musical and did the screenplay for it as well. 
Which is because he did so many screenplays until this. He says that he wrote the screenplay for, for Little Shop. Yeah. Um, and I think this is just a really fun musical. Do you want to think the plot? The basic plot? Yeah, mm. yeah, please. So we're in downtown Skid Row, New York. <laughs> Is it meant to be New York? Yeah. Don't think it's supposed to be yeah. generic. Yeah, it's not yeah. supposed yeah. to be generic. Yeah. The big city. <laughs> yeah. Type thing, yeah. And the struggling shop owner and his assistant orphan guy. Orphan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to save a shop by a plant that he found, a strange and unusual plant mm-hmm. outside. He brings it in. The plant has a strange appetite and chaos and fame and soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Trick Moranis is another place Seymour, who is like one of the faces of the ACs, I yeah. think, Trick mm. Moranis. He's a great actor. And I'm going to make a little confession here that I, that I realised the other night. I think he's kind of cute. He's adorable. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something yeah. cute about him. And I felt weird. I was like, do I fancy Rick Moranis or, is it, or, or what? And I, I sort of looked at Ben and I was like, don't judge me, but I think he's sort of cute. And I was like, oh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> so I thought, oh. I think it's just because he's so endearing. You want to hug him more than anything, don't you? Yeah, he's just like. Do you, oh. do you know why he stopped acting? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yes, it's a great story. But now what? Because his wife died, and he re- he quit acting to look after his kids. <laughs> I love him even more now. He's so cute. And he was offered a um, he was offered a spot in the Ghostbusters remake, wasn't he? Mm. And he turned it down. And everybody said it was it because you don't want you don't want to you you you've given up acting. You said no, I've not given up acting. I've, I'm acting again now. I'm just more picky about what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. How bad, And also has Steve Martin in it. Oh, I love Steve Martin. I fucking hate Steve Martin. Ah, <laughs> uh, you see, I love Steve Martin, but not it. But it's it's him in this film that starts to starts to grate on me. He, he just, his character is just really annoying. And He's supposed to be, that's the point. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's getting defensive about the musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to be me all night. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. I don't know. I don't find this character like annoying on purpose. I just find him really annoying. You're supposed to cheer when he gets chopped to pieces. Well, it did that's cheer. the point. That's the point. <laughs> But I would cheer if he was less annoying as well. It was just a horrible character, so therefore you didn't have to play it annoying and horrible. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then, is it Ellen? Ellen Green. Ellen Green. Green. He's just fantastic. Audrey. I love that if there's a little the little squeak that she does that sounds like someone standing on a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. I don't understand her voice. Like, is it actually like that? In anything else? I've never seen her in anything I've never else. Seen she was in before. the... I the state. She was in the off-Broadway stage play of it originally wasn't right. she so they got her back to do the film as yeah. well I think they did they cast her because of that because you can do both she can she has the high squeaky voice but then can obviously belt it out the voice yeah for this film they actually originally wanted Cindy Lauper did they? yeah which could have been interesting yeah, actually but because Ellen Green had done the musical she was cheaper. <laughs> she was cheaper. <laughs> yeah. They got her. And I think she is good. I don't think we lose anything by Cindy Law for not doing it, but it would have been yeah. interesting. I'd have loved to have seen Cindy Law. Cindy Law. Well, Cindy Law has been a musical since. Well, she has, yeah. Yeah. That could have set her career off on a completely different path mm. if mm. she's made this film. Cindy Law was perfect, so therefore it's fine. <laughs> 
Mm. No, that's true. Um, and then Levi plays RG2, who's from the four tops. Four tops oh, yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. actually pretty great in this. Um, say from the intro on this one, I just love the old voiceover of, like, you know, the classic sci fi yeah. certain setting, and you know exactly where you are and what you're getting yourself in for. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Love that. And that's why I didn't like it. Go on. Why? Because it just. It feels just too. It just feels too obvious, and I was just lost. I struggled. I lost interest part way through, and I had to actually confess. Mm, I actually fell asleep part way through oh. watching it. And I had to re watch the middle of it today before coming to make sure that I yeah. had watched the full <laughs> the full thing. And I know that's a, I'm not and I'm not being contrary for the sake of it. I knew that's what I was gonna I knew mm. Mm. that's what I felt like having watched it previously. And I knew I had to have an open mind. And I just struggled and I think I don't know, there's something about it that just feels too obvious. And I don't know and I don't know why I don't in some ways, I don't know why I don't like it because it's in some ways it's not much different from hairspray, or mm. it all feels too obvious. I almost we watched the the two endings, isn't that? Yeah. And me and John watched the alternative ending the other day, and I maybe I think it possibly would have liked it better with that. That's the ending of the player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the plans to take over. Yeah. I'd have liked that ending better. That's what that's. And I think it's just sort of it's almost too much of a fairy tale. Rather than a sci-fi, actually, and I think that's why I didn't enjoy it. But also, I don't enjoy those Disney films either. Yeah. So, I couldn't care less if I never saw the fucking Little Mermaid or Beauty <laughs> or any of the, that you, shit. You're like, actually killing my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and my boyfriend's childhood and many other people's childhood couldn't give a shit mm. and I think probably it's probably something to do with that with yeah there's something about the yeah. writing of those two guys mm. that just doesn't just doesn't stick and with you me can, yeah. you can tell it's their style like yeah. you know, it's got a lot of similar themes and motifs that kind of carry through so that's why I like it as well because they're instantly taking you back to that place yeah. but, but what I did like about their style of writing though was how they told a domestic abuse story <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed that I quite enjoyed that sort of dark Dark, but not. It, it sort of it's, it tells a really dark story, but manages to not break the style of the rest of the film. You yeah. know what I mean? So it sort of commits to a fairy tale, sort of, uh, you know, a fairy tale style. And then when the, when he starts like smacking about and stuff, it's just almost poor taste. Yeah. yeah. So it turns up with black eyes, and, and Seymour's like, "Oh, is that some new, uh, some yeah. new eye makeup?" And it's a black eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think it, it could have been. I don't know. I think it just could have been darker. Yeah. I just think I it wasn't quite actually. It wasn't quite dark enough for me. Not the domestic abuse bit necessarily, but the rest of it. The rest of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. The just you the descent into you murder. I don't know. It could have had a much more it's sort of mischievous or it's cute. Isn't it's it? cute. And it's too cute. Yeah, it is too See, cute. Yeah, I think that's the appeal. This one is the one that keeps its campness the entire way through, mm. and it doesn't like. But it doesn't need to go too dark. It's being dark. But, but it's Cruella de Vil is Cruella de Vil is campus fucking. She's far <laughs> darker. <than this. laughs> yeah, there's a bit more grit to, to yeah. Cruella, isn't there? I suppose. Um, 
But yeah, no, I know what you mean. I at uh, this time when we watched it this time because I've seen it a couple of times before. I remember, I remember it being put in front of me as a child because people expected me to like it because it was horror and I didn't like it. And then I watched it a few years ago because Ben is a big fan of it. And I was like, no, I, don't, I just can't like it. And it's one of them films where, you know, when you sit down to watch something, you think, I want to like this, I really want to like this. And you just don't. But it's, the other night when I watched it, I did enjoy it more. Maybe I was just in a better mood, I don't know. But I sort of enjoyed it up until... The Steve Martin, uh, uh, like the John Candy bit, the Steve Martin stuff, um, bits of the Steve Martin stuff I thought were funny because mm. I do like him. I loved Mamma Two yeah. Brains. Uh, I do like him. I like his silliness and his slapstick. But when it got to like him and um, him and uh, who was the other guy? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. The bit with him and Bill Murray where it gets all like weird yeah. sexual thing. Yeah. It was just grating on me. It yeah, was just really dragging right, yeah. on. Well, Bill Murray apparently improvised all his lines on the spot. You can tell. It's just not my sort of humour. Yeah. I don't like Bill Murray. <laughs> I do like when he shows him the X-ray, though, and he says, do you want to see what a mouth looks like? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a picture <laughs> of him. It's a bat. <laughs> it's a bat. <laughs> it's a bat's face, I yeah. thought it was a dog. I thought it was a dog. I thought it was a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um... So yeah, it started. So it lost me there. Basically, yeah. I quite enjoyed the Seymour and Audrey stuff. I quite enjoyed. I, I like the domestic abuse, um, and uh, I love. You know the scene. I love. There's one scene I love where she where the, she's preparing uh, lilies for the funeral. <laughs> 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 she's all the glitter on them. This it really made me think of you. Just, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was thinking this is um, how Ben must make art, and he's like, yeah. pass me the glue. That's yeah. the glitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're there in the little red dress. <laughs> yeah, I did say to Ben that's a bit like you, actually. Uh, so I did enjoy that. Uh, and there were loads of bits of it that I enjoyed, and I loved um, Crystal Ronette and Chiffon. Yeah, I love yeah, them. They are the strongest part. I love them. They, it's just instances. They come in, and then, um, like, when they do Skid Row, the song, and Great everyone's just, like, really depressed and homeless and poor and it's all like sad and then they're just glancing through and they're like little glittery frocks and yeah. it's just perfect it's just so the two images at the same time are just great I love them move 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 go away no loitering man I wasn't loitering were you crystal not me Ronette were you chiffon you ought to be in school yeah well we on a split ship right we went to school till fifth grade then we split so how do you tend to better yourselves? Better ourselves? You heard what he said? Better ourselves? Mr. When you from Skid Row, ain't no such thing. Alarm goes up at seven and you start up really weird thing at the beginning when it was raining and they didn't get wet yeah mm. that's so weird I don't know it's probably something dead simple 
Well, I was like, Ben, they're not wet. And Ben was like, yeah, it's because they're not really there. It's and really I like, magic. And I was like, no, but they're not wet and it's raining. It's really, it's like, it was all, probably a fucking umbrella. You're not it was all filmed indoors, wasn't it? It was all done yeah. indoors, wasn't it? Is it all pine wood? It was the, yeah, the so. cubby broccoli. Yeah. Studio, the bond. Uh, studio. From studio yeah. I love the sets as well. Yeah. In fact, the more I talk about it, the more it, I sort of do like it. But it just it just bores me after a while. And we're different about about forty five minutes, and then I'm like, hmm. and then when people start getting killed, I'm like, oh great. But like Martin says, I, I wanted it to be a bit more grisly. There's, there's no kind of gore. Yeah. Or, like the horror in this one is. Week. Is it a PG? It's got to be. Was it a PG? Uh, probably. It was. Remember the box with the PG sign on in front of the, it. The altered it, so the end and probably the the theatrical ending was yeah. probably a PG, whereas the original director's cut was probably a bit more. Yeah. Because everyone gets killed, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did enjoy as well uh, the bit where Steve Martin just casually punches the nurse <laughs> and whacks with the yeah. door. Basically, any time a woman is abused in the <laughs> <laughs> It's a thing, isn't it? It's Miriam Margulis. Yeah, Margulis, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was filmed in London, so there's a lot of... Yeah. Because Danny John Jules is in it as well. Um, you know, the cat from Red Dwarf. Yeah. He's one of the singers of the stars. There's one part of the reason, because they were using the Bond studios, one of the, the sound stages was so big, because it was Bond. They were... Um, you could see Rick Moranis as an Ellen Green's breath yeah. so they had to perform they had to, they had to perform after having had ice cubes in their mouth to prevent their breath I think it's showing. on uh, Suddenly Seymour because it's a yeah. big massive open uh, like stage that's quite strange <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the camp like little moments and I kind of felt like carry on kind of vibe of comedy where it was going like, you can't just put a um, strange and unusual plant outside to live in traffic <laughs> and go, what a strange and unusual plant outside. <laughs> and um, when he, uh, he buys 50 red roses, <laughs> oh, can you break 100? No. I'll just have to buy twice as much. Just yeah. have to buy twice as much. Just have to buy twice as much. And the two trumps. <laughs> two trumps. Marvin. He says it, but of course there's glass there. You can't. So good. That's just great comedy and it's just such a good little moment. Comedy is a very subjective thing, isn't it? That there are things that, that that make me howl that like will leave other people cold, and I think it it's probably it's probably the comedy that divides the room, really, isn't it? Because you think it's too obvious, and for me, it starts to just grate on me. Mm. Um, so that's probably got a lot to do with it. Because I do like the songs. It's the kind of music I'd normally like. Mm. The songs are quite There's soulful. Really, yeah, really yeah really the songs good are songs. good. So see more somewhere that screen is yeah, those two perfect. Those as suddenly see more and somewhere the screen. I think once I once I'd watched the the new director's cut that's come out, it really it's such a sad film now. I think but now mm. at the end of this. Last time I watched this, I was nearly in tears watching it because you know what the ending is. When I was a kid, it's like it's this like happy fairy tale where mm. you know Seymour finds the plant and then at the end, you know he gets the girl and they go off and live together. Where but, does it change? Right, because. I've not seen the original. I've only seen this alternative. When, so, like to me, that's quite a bit of the film. He wants to cut out. No, it's no, just it's, it's just the end when Audrey comes back in with the watering can. You know when uh, Audrey yeah. two phones her and says, yeah. "Come over," <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah, 
the plan tries to eat her and then Seymour comes in and rescues her but instead of her dying and then going back in he runs outside with her and then he comes back in and electrocutes the plant and then the plant just dies okay that's really cut out then but they showed the original cut to test auditors and the test audiences hate it. It's because they were American. Really American. Yeah. To be fair, I'll be I'll be totally honest. I, I love all the puppets and I love that ending. But I think if I saw that when I was a kid, I don't know if I'd have liked it as much. It, yeah, it depends who you're aiming at, doesn't it? Because and adult I, audience, if you're gonna probably would prefer the dark one. Yeah, an adult audience definitely. But again, when I watch that, it's like when you know what the ending is. When you know that Audrey just gets eaten by the plants. That song, especially somewhere that's green, it's like it's so sad because it's like this is all she wants, this is all she dreams of, and you know she's, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, the worst. That's it's like oh, it's really, oh. It's really or, yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or in a very ironic way, it does because she gets eaten by a plant. Well, yeah, she does green. say that. <laughs> it's green. Yeah. A matchbox of her own, a fence, a real chain link. A grill out on the patio Dispose all in the sink A washer and a dryer And an ironing machine The tractors that we share Somewhere that's green But you know, that, that's that sadness. It's yeah. like all she wants is to make her life better and get away from this abusive person and yeah. just better herself, and then yeah. she doesn't. So it's just, it's, it's so sad. Yeah, and especially the emotion she puts into that song as well. Yeah. yeah. And you're completely right. It's that moment where she's finally getting a piece of happiness and she's going to get married. She's in a wedding dress and then he carries her over the threshold, mm. dead, to get eaten by the plant. It's actually really an emotional, yeah. emotional moment. I nearly cried watching. When I realised what they were actually doing, carrying her over that threshold, I was like, "That's really sad." Yeah. I don't think I've seen then, that. Did he not show from that part? Because she dies outside, and then and he, he carries her back. He carries in. her back in, but she's wearing the wedding dress because they were going to get married. So like, it's her. and then he watched. and he feeds us on the plant. Yeah, he lies her down on top of the plant, and the plant swallows it, and yeah, she looks. Ah, uh, we haven't seen that. Yeah. Well, we saw Mr. Morales get hurt. Uh, so before this she gets over that's like a king kong because she says like you said i want to be somewhere that's green i want to be in by him so we'll grow big and then make you money and then you can go and live your life without me and be happy Uh, and she like asks to be sacrificed to him and then she gets lowered into the plant in the most glamorous (laughs) pose (laughs) ever in the wedding dress she looks fantastic you need to see just for the outfit yeah, yeah. So I, do, I do think that is, it's quite a sad film. I think yeah. when you when you know that when you know what the end is going to be. Yeah. Obviously, as a kid, I just saw the original cut, so it was just kind of like a it had a happy ending. And I think it was for just, kids, though, that's the best kind of ending. Yeah, really, isn't it? you don't want to traumatize them. Yeah, or do you want to? <laughs> do yeah. Why not? Fairy tale? No, no one. Will, I'm not. I'm partly being <laughs> funny, but actually, why not? A lot of the like, lots of, lots of, are really lots of fairy tales are really dark. Yeah, like Grim Tales. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I That's think, I, I do. I do like the new directors, the, the other original ending because mm. you see all the great 
puppets, like because of Jim Henson, they got to do a lot of puppets yeah. for it. And Jim Henson's daughter is actually one of the um, patients in the dentist. Oh. <laughs> I think the kid who gets the doll, the doll's head, gets ripped around, off. I think yeah. that's Jim Henson's daughter. I did think it was a shame they didn't use that ending in the end because the, the amount of effort they put into it. Yeah, they spent millions on just that, just, just that, that bit. just that twenty-minute scene at the end probably cost like five million, yeah. and he just cuts it out. <laughs> With the plans from painting, yeah, yeah, it's great. That's absolutely amazing. I love um, during the big finale song where he grows all the little buds that do backup singing yeah, for yeah. him. Yeah. And they're just amazing where they keep popping into like the yeah. shots and singing back. With the little wobbly tongues as well. <laughs> yeah. They're adorable and it's yeah. such a good puppet. Like the actual yeah. puppetry is just... Do, do you know the trivia about that song? No. That was the first song with a profanity in to be nominated for Best Song Oscar. Uh. Oh, that's really cool. What does he say? Shit. Yeah. It's shit, doesn't it? But maybe that's the, that's an issue as well because you say they're adorable and you don't really want them to be adorable, do you? You want them to be really grotesque. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. The little ones, I mean. Yeah, the little ones probably aren't. Mm. I think but that's kind what that's kind of in a way, it's like that's what plants do. Like those carnivorous plants, they they lure things in with like sweet smells, and then yeah. they fall in. Then you fall inside, so it looks. Yeah. They look nice and they look appealing to animals and they smell nice and then they just eat them yeah. so that's yeah. what a plant would do <laughs> I suppose so and there's a um, Wizard of Oz reference in this when she goes um, am oh. I dreaming this and she goes no and you're not in Kansas anymore oh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. I probably would have liked it if there had been more layers to it and maybe that's something that just wouldn't have happened at the time but it could have had that appeal to kids and a more adult appeal at the same time mm. And maybe yeah. I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, because there were moments, you know, like the bit where you see Crystal Ronas and Chiffon as normal girls. And yeah. Stuff. I thought you were going to see more of them as well. Mm. Like, you were going to see sort of like a... Because um, a lot of it's got a bit of a bittersweet feel to it. So, you mm. know, like domestic abuse and stuff. I thought you might have seen the reality of three teenagers living in Skid Row. Yeah. Contrasted with the singing, you know, contrasted with the glamorous side. I thought that would have been quite nice. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it was a strange conclusion to use them as the teenage girls, but then to only use them in two scenes. Yeah, that's what that was going to be throughout the film. Yeah, yeah, that would have worked better if yeah. they carried through more. Yeah, like cooking up crack or something. Well, they're just like the chorus, aren't they? Yeah. They, yeah. 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 I did they appear wherever. Where there's like wherever one of the dark sinister scenes that's happening and, oh, it's it's and then they just strut across the front of the camera in like yeah. these pink heels. Yeah. Yeah. Supper time, I think that is. Yeah, it's supper time, yeah. Because they're always... In every shot in that scene, they're always either in shadow or the. Do, I don't think you ever really see them properly in that scene. Yeah. Because the like stood behind frosted glass or the in the shadow, so it's yeah. like the scene is just between the plants yeah. and Seymour. It's not you know they're not intruding on the scene. Yeah, they're not actually there, but they're yeah. just the singers. And I love Audrey's leopard print shoes as well. <laughs> yeah. I love the line. Um, I put on cheap tasteless outfits, yes. not nice ones like this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like coming out of that time. She's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 I think she's brilliant. She is good. So come on, give us another one. Give us one we can be impressed by. <laughs> Alright, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just before we went on, I'd move on. I just want to say, I think the effects for the plants are still brilliant. Even yeah. now. Even now. Even today. If you were doing that now, you would it'd be crap CGI, CGI and yeah. it'd be so obvious but I think the, the effects on it still stands up today it's I, so good I hate the colours inside its mouth there's like oh. purple and yellow and stuff and that's really gross how much are the puppets in the um, stage show I want to know as well 
Because like, they do some pretty impressive puppet work in stage shows now. Yeah, like, if you look on YouTube now, there's a lot of a lot of like colleges and stuff will do it and put their put their version on. Because I could imagine some of them to be like really really cool. Bring it back to Broadway or West End or something. Can go. Yeah, they don't talk. It doesn't talk very much, very often. They mm. used to, I remember when I was younger, I was always passing my mind, I want to go and see that. But you don't tend to see it much anymore. Maybe we should do the Screaming Queen's review of Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> we could put it on in a florist. <laughs> <laughs> on Egbert Road. And we can be the free women. <laughs> we can be the florist. <laughs> you know, John, John Hunt is a plant. Yeah. You need to get to eat a blonde at the end as well. We <laughs> <laughs> get the pretty dresses. <laughs> yeah, Taste, tasteful ones. Tasteful dresses. <laughs> yeah, not a Martin's then. <laughs> so cycling forward, ten years. <clears throat> oh no, hang on. Is it ten years? Eleven. Eleven years. Nineteen eighty-six to two thousand and seven. Yeah, talking about yeah. And it's Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. There's a hole in the world like a great black pit and it's filled with semen, it's filled with spit. <laughs> and it goes by the name of Subbottom 69 and Grinder, and they're less than 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who it is. <laughs> I hope it's the hot dad next door. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out this is what I've been doing, I'll be doing a break somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. I always feel like there should be whole songs done. Well, maybe you'll get an extended edition in 10 oh. years' time or something. Sorry. <laughs> um, so this is an adaption of the Stephen Sondheim musical, which was an adaption of A Penny Dreadful, which I didn't actually know was a thing, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And cheap comic, wasn't it? Yeah, like a d- penny. Yeah. And it came out weekly like a serial thing mm-hmm. to build yeah. up an entire story, and that's where the actual Sweeney Todd character came from. From one called the String of Pearls. String of Pearls, I looked that up. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was um, based on some kind of real myth when I was younger, so I'm kind well, of disappointed a little bit. <laughs> well, it's kind of just uh, Counterpart to Crystal, isn't it? The basic plot. Yeah. Is... Yeah. I mean, I think the thing of Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Love has been around mm. from before the Penny Dreadful, even. It's like a an Evan legend that's been around and maybe it is like if it was rooted in some sort of reality, reality. Yeah, maybe reality. not the pie eating <clears throat> but maybe like <laughs> you, you you never know you it's never know because you know, most 100, believable bit, 100 yeah. years ago 200 yeah. years ago 300 years ago yeah. you didn't know what you were yeah, buying to eat you mean you don't know what you're buying to eat these days either but you really didn't you really didn't know what you were buying well, I'm vegan so I'm not eating people yeah. There. there was a there was someone I think uh, in Jordan uh, between the wars in Germany was it was a street vendor and he yeah. sold meat pies to people and it was people who, who their bodies he'd yeah. found. How far? Wow, it's that's, a, that's actually really scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't scary. know, do you? You just don't know. So you, you don't know. know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his name. I think it's like Carl Grossman or something. There's another guy. There's another guy called um, Nathaniel Barjona. Have you have you heard the um, there's a podcast that me and Stephen listen to called uh, My Favorite Murder, mm. and uh, it's two girls listen to it people it's, it's two it's two American women who are just obsessed with serial killers and each week they talk or each whatever fortnight they talk about um, a serial killer of the week basically and this one Nathaniel Barjona it's really really dark 
Um, and it's this guy who was like, he was accused of like kidnapping and raping children and uh, all, really awful. Um, but oh, yeah. when they investigated them, they found out, I haven't read the whole thing, so I don't know how it ends, but the, the investigation led them to um, evidence that he was kidnapping children and raping them murdering them and then eating them but he served them up to his neighbours and barbe- he made barbecues for his neighbours who then said oh this meat tastes funny and then <laughs> oh, oh, oh. then they found and you can look online and see it they found he wrote, he wrote menus with with dishes named after the children that he made they were comical menus as well like he was making jokes about like, it like, like light hearted like little boy pot pie <laughs> probably yeah. and things like that yeah <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. That's been played on my mind. It's not really a musical. Maybe we could write a musical about it. Yeah. There was also another that guy who got someone paid to go and get eaten by him, and then he killed him. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that was. But I really loved the fact that since then he's in prison now, and he's now become a vegetarian. Oh, well, it's just hilarious. Do you think that's how I get a parole? I don't know. That's so fucked up. How do you go from like a cannibal to a vegetarian? Or is that what I did? Maybe it's by parole. Maybe maybe he's thinking, oh, when his parole comes around, he'll be like, look, it's not going to happen again. I'm a vegetarian now. That's it, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, anyway. But yeah, sorry we digressed there. But uh, and also the one good thing about I've just given away that I don't like this film. But one good thing that came from watching this film last night or the night before was that I've been craving pie ever since. And <laughs> ben made an amazing chicken pie tonight. <laughs> so thanks for that, Sweeney Todd. You don't like this film. Thank you for my pie. Carry on. Right, you've come for um, Disney, and now you're going to go for Tim Burton, and I'm not going to be happy. Oh no, not Tim Burton, just this film. Yep, this film. Yes. And a couple of other Tim Burton films. <laughs> Most of Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. No, I like Hazard Tim Burton. Yeah. So oh. we, we know the synopsis of this one. Man returns home and meets up with a pie owner who lives where he used to live. Um, his girlfriend or wife was stolen from him by a judge and raped and his daughter's stolen as well and he comes back to seek revenge slicing people's throats while giving them shaves and then they pop them into pies all in a revenge tale that's the basic premise it is a revenge tale yeah mm. yeah 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 can't really think of what else to describe it cannibalism cannibalism accidental cannibalism forced cannibalism forced <laughs> yeah yeah. like in the cannibal man, isn't it? Yeah, cannibal mm. man. Now, can we accuse this one of not being dark enough? No. And um, what I... <laughs> I do and I don't enjoy this film. And because yeah. I, I had to think about it for this podcast, what I don't like about this film is Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. And there's a whole raft of gays particularly of a particular age who will want who will go for me worse than the Disney gays for slightly off Stephen sometimes. The Disney but it's just it just <laughs> makes this film so <laughs> it, it just makes this film so inaccessible. I don't know. It, it does make it really it makes it 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 makes it drag and I think it, it, what I do like about it is the um, is the Tim Burton mm-hmm. yeah. the horror is amazing yeah. the horror is brilliant mm. there's a moment where he um, spoiler where he shoves 
Mrs. Lovett into the into the yeah. Oh my god, we're going right there for my favourite scene. <laughs> <laughs> when he shoves her into the furnace. I don't really like to see Jairish bent, but the way he slams it shut and locks it. Mm-hmm. That little moment there was like the best horror. It was pure horror. And mm. I thought, this is brilliant. If the whole film was like this, I would love this film. Even like the way that he's dancing and the way he's talking to him before, he's kind yeah. of saying, oh, it's okay. It doesn't yeah. matter. The, it doesn't matter. The dancing is my favourite bit of that. Really. just great as well. Yeah. into the fire. That, it's yeah. just but if brilliant. there was more of that, mm. I'd love this film. I don't know much Stephen Sondheim. I actually thought about it and I went into it. And the only other thing that I knew was Into the Woods, which I tried to watch, like, four weeks ago, the Disney one that they just brought out, which everybody loved, and I turned it off, and it was the most annoying, horrible thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, of course, I've that, because I've only seen the trailer, and I thought... Oh, <laughs> my God. I tried so hard, and no, I did not want to watch that. Well, the only other Stephen Sondheim thing I know is um, the Madonna song, Sooner or Later, from Dick Tracy, which is, like, one of her best. Um, that, and that's brilliant. And I thought, oh... There's three theme, like Stephen Sondheim songs in that film. Did he do What Can You Lose? He as did well? What Can You Lose and more. And I think if yeah. he does, if he does as a songwriter, he's a great songwriter. I think he can do wonderful songs. But doing a musical, it becomes it's not quite operatic, but he wants to do. Mm. It, it, he tries to do it, and it's just this is meant to be his most operatic ones as well. I know, and it's it doesn't work. Actually, it just doesn't work. I know what you mean. It, it's quite inaccessible, I think, some yeah. of the songs. Some of it's really annoying. I actually, considering, I'd probably say this one is my favourite because I've watched it that many times that we're going to discuss tonight. It's the one I have the most problems with. Like, there's the most characters and moments that really freaking wind me up. Yeah. And I cannot listen to Joanna. I can't bear <laughs> the song Joanna. Like, I <laughs> I, I don't mind the actual part where they sing it, but when they sing like just snippets of it constantly throughout the film, I'm yeah. like, shut the fuck up. And my hair is blonde, not yellow. S- mm. Stop calling my hair yellow. That's yeah. the colour of piss. It's just annoying. <laughs> it winds me up. No, yeah. Gail would find that like a compliment. <laughs> no, no, yellow, yellow hair. Yeah, but although ironically, it's the only song on it in it that's got a tune like a song would have. Mm. <laughs> a tune like a song. <laughs> <laughs> You'll sing it in your head afterwards. Or, although we kept yeah. we kept we did keep going. Pretty women. Poor thing. Poor thing. Hate it. Hate it. I like. I fucking hate it. There are other parts actually that are quite melodic. I like when they are. Uh, I like when Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett. Um, suddenly come up with the idea of how to get rid epiphany of the body there's like their epiphany yeah. the priest, like and the priest yeah. that 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 song about the different men and professions and and the lyrics of that are very clever yeah very clever like even that's like the lawyers um, no one should swallow them twice and stuff like that yeah. it's very clever plays and words and the British Marine taste of whatever he's being yeah it's very very good yeah. it's very well done and, and I like Mr. Pere- and I like the Mr. Yeah. Pirelli bit as well. And that's that quite funny. Surprisingly good as well by Sasha Baron. Mm. I mean. And with his big dick. 
Did you see his face? Yeah. yeah, I think it's noticeable. Is that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. It, must, yeah. it must be, mustn't it? Yeah. I think well, it's correct. He's, a, he's a calm man, isn't he? So I just love that when he when he when he comes out of the uh, when he opens the curtain, throws over the curtain, and like announces himself there. So yeah. funny. I like the way he beats the kid up. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. that's the fun bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favourite bit is is when he's showing his razor so and the kid goes out. Oh, what I really like is the Tim Burton style of it as well. But like, I love it's how he. <laughs> it's puss. <laughs> um, I love how it just like attacks London from the beginning. Like, I've not normally seen that many films that go for the drug killer of the place where they're set. Mm. When it's like a capital, maybe it's like a little town in the middle of nowhere but when it's a city they don't tend to touch it that much but it's like London you are this shit and everyone I, I in could is relate. shit yeah. I um, could relate to that because I, I don't like London, London. I hate it. it's, my favorite it's a nice place to visit but I kind of enjoyed this um, I love the fact that everyone in London and every time it's a moment of London it's really greyed out and like even she talks about her cherry wallpaper that she got from the bed down chapel <laughs> That's crazy. but it's grey yeah. And everything's grey, but then Mr. Pirelli is bright blue because he's mm-hmm. from Italy. And then when you go to the seaside, everything goes to colour again. Yeah. When we think of the past, everything's coloured and soft blue. All the stylistic choices of Tim Burton, just perfect. Mm-hmm. He does everything to perfection for me. Even the really, really, really red blood that's so fake. Mm. It works for what it we're looks, trying to it say. It bright orange in certain scenes. Yeah. Which was a bit strange. Yeah. I, I, like Martin said, I agree. I, I, I love the Tim Burton this of the film, actually. And I'd love to watch a version of it that's not a musical. Mm. Like the trailer? I like the trailer, maybe, yeah. Um, I'd love to watch a version, not another version of the film, a Tim Burton version of the film. I'd love to see that without, yeah. without all of the annoy, annoying singing, basically. And I'd, I'd go along with that. And actually, I could watch, watch a Tim Burton version of this film that wasn't a musical that didn't have Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. Because actually it's the point. No, yeah. st- no don't, don't, don't <laughs> object because that's fair to you. I did. I used to love Johnny Depp, mm. but I think this was around the time, it was around this time, maybe a bit before, was Pirates of the Caribbean, just yeah. a bit before yeah. this. Pirates of the Caribbean time was a bit where Tim Burton, sorry, not Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, actually and Tim Burton, yeah. both, went down in my estimation they yeah. both started to they both started to believe their own publicity and Johnny Depp I know Johnny Depp can do a better English accent and he just does Dick Van Dyke yeah he yeah. does he's one from hell it's, it's much better <laughs> Is, yeah <laughs> I haven't seen him from hell <laughs> oh. no is that really bad at all yeah I've seen that yeah he no, could do agree. but he could he could do I know he could do better, but he just... It's just making me feel really uncomfortable. But Johnny Depp has become Johnny Depp doing Johnny Depp. Like, Tim yeah. Burton has become Tim Burton does Tim Burton. But I think this is a good performance. And I like his performance in this. It's all right. He's got a very nice arse. Yeah. I did notice. I really like his hair. But um, he, he, he's, he's got that... Uh, what, who was it this they compared him to when he became Jack Sparrow? Was it the, one of the Rolling Stones? Oh, oh it's based on Keith Richards, isn't he's, it? Yeah. Keith Richards. He just does that sort of caricature British look yeah. and it's Johnny Depp, thing. Johnny Depp playing Keith Richards playing yeah. Jack Sparrow. Or if you look at Charlie and the Chocolate well, Factory, Johnny Depp plays Michael Jackson. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But That's one of the worst films I've ever seen. He does. He, he, he's just this weird. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He phones in his performances. Yeah. Though, I, think. I'm, I agree. I was. So I used to love um, 
to bit and on a lot of his films and then I think from Sleepy Hollow I think anything from Sleepy Hollow Sleepy I'd, Hollow Johnny Depp's good in that yeah see I'd probably think, say from this onwards no like, I think I like yeah. up to this point and then after that yeah I kind of forget what he's the same and especially on some of them I think both, both of them I think Johnny Depp and Tim Burton from Sleepy Hollow onwards saying that has been reversed I never ever liked Helena Bonham Carter until I saw this film Helena Bonham Carter is a goddess I do, I do like Helena but this Bonham is one of her best she annoys me but in this she's fabulous did you come in for a pause? Don't forgive me, if me it's a little vibe. What was that? But you think we had the pipe? From the way that people keep avoiding. No, you don't. Heaven knows a trice, But there's no one comes and even to inhale. Right you are, so would you like a drop of oil? Mind you, I can hardly blame them. These are probably the worst boys in London. I know, I know what it cares to take them. I should know. A Tim Burton film that is quite good. It's not up there with his best, but it is quite good. Big Eyes is quite good. Mm. I've not seen that. It's meant to be good though. I don't mean to see it. But, um, it's because it was an obvious choice for him. Mm. One of the things I didn't like about it was... Um, so I, I like what I like all of the stylistic choices. However, I think all of the CGI just makes it look like a cartoon. Yeah, I don't get that. Like I couldn't tell if it was just bad CGI or whether that was a choice. It is bad CGI. At the start, it? where it just where it like Pans travels through, through the street, yeah. doesn't it? To mm. find him, I think it is just bad CGI. And the opening credits, the animation in the opening credits reminded yeah. me of the DVD menus on my Buffy box sets from two thousand four. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was really bad. Really but I've always thought that that wasn't a. Tr- as such, I think yeah. it's just bad CGI. Yeah. Whenever they, because I think as soon as you get in there, you never get off sets after yeah. that, and then it's all fine because they didn't use it. Yeah. As soon as they try to show it old and then as a whole, it goes comical again. Mm. I don't think it's on purpose. Yeah, I forgot about the cockroaches. I wasn't quite emotionally prepared for that scene. <laughs> totally forgot. Oh, um, that's the that. um, worst part in London. The introduction song for Mrs. Lover is one of my favourite introductions mm-hmm. to a character. Ever, yeah. I yeah. think she plays it well. She's so really well. good. The slamming down of the um, the, the roller yeah. to the beat yeah. of the song, and then yeah. she's just she's um, great. Anthony and Joanna, so they're meant to be like the romantic story. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. He just he's walking down the street, looks in the window, sees her, and then starts singing. It's and then really she throws a key down to him, which is yeah. so dangerous. Like they, they got two. Sorry, this is awful. They got two really unattractive people to play the parts. She's and actually really pretty in everything else. I've asked lots of pictures. Whenever, whenever they sing, whenever there's a, anything about them, it's just akin to me holding a shell to my ear. Mm. Yeah. I just hear the ocean. That's all. These it's are dull as fuck. This is my problem with the film. I don't like these two characters at all, and I don't care about them at all. They just show up and annoy the plot. I just want to see the judge get murdered. Yeah. Basically. Poor Alan Rickman. I love Alan Rickman. He's the best, and he does such a good job. He's, he's great. You could, yeah, you could edit. It yeah. doesn't inform the story at no. all, does it? If you took those out, if you took those two characters out, It'd and just add it about his revenge, and the yeah, it would make and the beggar woman being his wife doesn't yeah. matter. No, either if they don't follow any of it through. That's useful though for the end. It, it does the end scene, yeah. Mrs. Love it getting shoved in the oven. Yeah, because she knew. Yeah. Because she knew. Yeah, but it was as of now, I feel like they, they didn't make enough of it. I yeah, they, they didn't just... make enough of an issue. And plus, I know she's been like insane and like 
she'd obviously been homeless a while, but she just looked like a man in a wig, so why did she fall in love with her so much? Like, she wasn't all that. Yeah. She was gross. She made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> don't like ugly people on the telly. No, me neither. To me neither. Spoil. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's absolutely amazing. Great. He's a great actor, and I love him. I love the bit where he sentenced that um, he, the judge sentences <laughs> someone to death by hanging and it spins around to all the kids. The tiny little boy. Have you done? Have you never done it? You just thought you saw something of a hanging. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. But, um, the, the rape scene in this is actually horrifying, and I mm. think it is one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen. Where they go to the ball and she gets dragged in. It's when Benjamin Barker, Sweeney Todd's wife, gets taken by the judge initially. Yeah. And she's in the ball, the masked ball. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's, well, basically, she gets gang raped in the ball. <laughs> I don't know if it's gang rape. I feel like it's just it was a him raping <laughs> and they were all laughing and pointing and enjoying and reveling in it's the ball. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the masks and everything, and yeah. the way it is, and the music, because Shender is up as you're going into that, and it's and a really... Mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm now Kabuki with me. Spoiler. Sorry. Sorry. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> a bit of premature ejaculation. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I love all of the murders. All of the murders are yeah. brilliant. How about a musical montage of murders, Chris? Yeah. yeah, and the spray of blood, especially Everything. Alan Rickman's blood, is great. When they're just, like, goes. stabbing, and it yeah. sprays in his face, and he can't even see. And then he puts the knife back in, to st- and it temporarily stops the bleeding yeah. again until he pulls it back out. Yeah. The effects are great. That's the amazing. neck snapping is when the people yeah. fall. That's horrible. Yeah. And the- I do love a good, a good bad zombie, and they're so good in this. They, they, they like, land on the head, and then they yeah. just yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I believe it. Yeah. And whenever they shoved them down the down the chute, part of me was hoping that they wouldn't show it again. <laughs> 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 that, that's, that's a good sign. If you don't hold anything back, I think, with the horror of this, it's just vicious. Mm. And it plays to it, it plays fun. My f- one of my favourite songs is By the Sea. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. good. I love how he's completely not interested in anything she's doing. And I just love the styling of everything in this scene. So, like, this little beachwear thing that he wrote. That's, like, yeah. very Adam's Family kind of look. It's yeah. all very, very steampunk, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and she's very camp, which I love steampunk mm. things. That's why I love it. She's just, like, over the top and all, like, pretty and walking around. And I love the little, um, my rumpled bed and legitimized. Oh, oh Seaside Wedding could be devised. My rumpled bed and legitimized. Mm. It's just a great lyric. Oh, yeah. It's very clever, mm. very subtle. Oh, yeah, they're having sex. But we didn't have to make a big deal about it. Oh yeah, it's fine. But, but you know, I think that's that's her way of that's your that's the way of showing the viewers that like he is he's not interested in it. He's only really caring about revenge, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But whereas she's invested in this and she wants to get married, but he's just not, doesn't yeah. care. He's just consumed. Yeah. Isn't he? The same with the song, my friends, when he's singing to the daggers yeah. and he's got yeah. the blades mm. and he's singing about Dan how he wants to murder people and he's reunited with this. Friend, and then at the same time she's in the background singing I'm your friend too Mr. Mm. Todd and trying to like beg for like attention well he says you have, you have to really pay and it, that's a point that I find really difficult you have to really really pay attention <laughs> yeah and I don't know if it's to do with the film or whether it would be different if you saw it on stage but that sort of counterpoint 
it just it's really it's really really jarring mm-hmm. I don't like I've watched this film so many times it's like I've lost count but the things that I and I've watched it with like feature commentaries mm-hmm. and everything about it I the stuff I got from it the first couple of times I watched it is not what I get from it now mm-hmm. I get a completely different thing and I get all the little nuances and layers and I'm looking at more about it and more around it if you don't invest that much time into it, you just watch it fleetingly. I don't think you get the same mm. kind of appeal. Has anyone seen the eighty-two version with Angela Lansbury? <laughs> no. no. I don't but know. She, was the, she was the original one. Um, yeah. Original Miss Lover, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 And Emma Stone did it in the West End recently, didn't she? Yeah. And she was meant to be brilliant. This means the tour as well. It did one tour recently, and I missed it. Well, one thing I did know, one thing I did notice was that um, you know the bit where he says where he gets his uh, blades and he says at last my arm is complete. Mm. I always want to say that whenever I find the remote. <laughs> <laughs> I found that there's a scene at the end which is really weird, and it's like it looks almost like he's airbrushed. Johnny Depp's got like this weird airbrushing on his face, mm. and I, just, I couldn't work out what it was. I remember seeing when I saw the film in the pictures. I remember seeing it thinking it's weird. It's like. He's, it's like he's put like a weird filter or blur on his yeah. face. Maybe he's, he's starting to look old, so he's just blurred his oh, face. Maybe. I don't know. I never noticed actually. Do you know? Um, it's no, no, it's noticeable at the end in the scene with the judge. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I look an east of a head. No, oh, yeah. like for a second. He had a much bigger role, and they cut him out really, completely and just left that one scene as a cameo. Because I was like, I was watching it. I went. Why the fuck did Anthony Stewart hair come all the way down for this? Because you were too good of an actor for a cameo like that. And is he in the cast at the end? Because I was looking for his nail, couldn't see it. I don't know. If, I think he must be named. Yeah. Because he was meant to have a much bigger role and then he took it out. What was the role? You don't know. It didn't, like, oh, I couldn't yeah. find anything on there that, like, yeah. kind of said, but I think it would have been a made-up character. Right. Because there's no one missing from the original play that's kind of missing. Yeah. But, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love Anthony Stewart Head, and he's a good singer as well, so he could have used them. I did think the bit where she decided to kill Toby, I thought I should be disturbed by this, but he keeps singing that drippy ballad about mm-hmm. hell, curfew, whatever. Well, I, thought, I think that's really cute. I thought if I had a small child doing that to me, I would turn Mary Hindley on him as well. <laughs> I like how she sings it back to him now. Oh, but, really but, sinister. But like she's plotting and like, that's no, I'm going to have to kill you. That's, yeah. That twist to the lyric like is good. sad when she realises what she has to do when she likes to lock him in the door and she yeah. feels sad for a moment and then gets over it but, uh, but you do feel you do you are convinced by it I mean it's Helena Bonham Helena Bonham Carter's acting in that moment is brilliant because actually when she starts it she's dismissing dismissing him but when she starts singing you do feel like she does care for him and it, she does sort of turn it Round where she realises that's what she's got to do just yeah. that moment is amazing and she does it really subtly yeah yeah. Yeah, it's not hamfisted at all. She's mm. she's perfect in this. I love her. Yeah. 
Tempering in an idiot for Gina. In a direct hand. You know what? Talking about it, I think we like it more than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Will um, I watch it again though? Probably not. I will because I bought it from, on DVD. Haven't seen it at the, at the cinema, so I know what I'm in. I know what I'm in for. Yeah. I know. Um, you didn't walk out to the cinema then, like everyone else did. Did they? What was the reaction like? Oh, because you didn't do a single bit of marketing that said it was based on a musical, musical, and in the trailer there was no music at all. Ah. And it, like eighty percent of audiences walked out. Oh, well, that's just stupid. Because nobody knew, and it was one of the worst uh, marketing plots that's ever happened. Because wow, he just failed. That. But then it did win two Academy Awards, and for the songs, was it? No, it won for production and something else, and then it got like three golden one. I don't write the song. I didn't remember watching it and enjoying it, but thinking. Me and Momentus he doesn't tell me to go and watch it because she never liked it. We we both me and Martin both thought it was two and a half hours long. It's just up it's a, two, isn't it? And it's not even that. It's an hour and fifty, but it, for, but for me, it felt like it was really. It's not going Minus the credits, it's an hour and forty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I knew what I was I knew what I was in for, and I keep I keep it in my DVD collection because of the timber and the topic, but also the DVD I've got has got some excellent extras. Yeah. So there's um. There's a documentary about the Grand Guignol, which is mm-hmm. what's inspired the um, sort of the musical and the take on the film. And there is another documentary about the Sweeney about Sweeney's Todd itself. And those two, those two things of themselves are worth owning on TV. I'd like to watch them. Yeah. Um, one of like the actual final scene of this is one of my favourite bits as well. Where like we were saying with. Where she changes her nuances, I like Johnny Depp's change of perception where he realizes that Toby's approaching him from behind, but he knows that all of this has happened and all of his wife is killed and everything, and he just lifts his head back, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. ready yeah. to be sliced, and he knows and he's ready to accept his death and his fate like he deserves it, yeah. like he said in the song earlier, and I think that's a really great moment, yeah. and then he just bleeds out on it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. He has his moment. I think this is a good performance. And he can sing for all intents and purposes. Don't, don't get me wrong, he's very talented, so Johnny Depp phoning in a performance is still a good performance, but mm. I, I just know that I've seen him with a lot more depth to him than what he seems to do these days. And he just annoys me. Yeah, I, I don't, but I don't think this is, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean 4 and 5 or whatever the hell we're up to, or like, yeah. you know, The Lone Ranger, or Dark Shadows <clears> or whatever. Yeah, you know he's done a lot better in this than he has mm. done in that. Yeah, he's done a lot worse. Yeah, this is I think is a good performance. It's no cry, baby. She was a no match for such craft, you see, and everyone thought it so wrong. They figured she had to be daft, you see, so all of them stood there and laughed, you see. Like the enormous queens we are, we talked about musicals all night, so we decided that we would cut the episode there and make this one a two-parter. So tune in to our next musicals episodes where we'll be talking about Stage Fright, which isn't the Marlena Dietrich version, which isn't the Michelle Suave version, but the 2014 flop, which was a camp horror musical in every sense of the word. It was set at summer camp. So yeah, tune in for that next time. 
But thank you for listening to us. Um, thank you for listening to us riff on Sweeney Todd and Little Shop of Horrors. We'd love to get your feedback, what you think of the musicals, what you think of the podcast as well. So please do tweet us. You can tweet me at Johnny Larkin. You can tweet Stephen at HD99. And you can tweet Jonathan Butler at Cthulhu502. Or do the old-fashioned thing and email us at screamingqueens at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to treating you to more delights next time. Thank you. Bye.